0: Welcome to the Finding Strong Podcast with your host, Pat Gates and Mark Bottenhorn. We're coming to you from the heart of the Motor City, Detroit, Michigan. We are on a mission to push the limits and find strength through endurance, mindset, and fitness. We hope you enjoy today's podcast.
1: Welcome to the Finding Strong Podcast. I'm your host, Pat Gates, sitting here with Mark Bottenhorn. What's so, going on? So it was very special. So today we are actually sitting with each other in my apartment, downtown Detroit. 16 miles separates us no more. That's we right. Are. here. And we had the man, the myth, the legend, Nicholas Budson, the ultra Budson, the... Nick. I don't got any nicknames for him? <laughs> Yeah, those I kinda made those nicknames up, but we had him here. Live. Yeah. Nick is a extremely interesting guy. Yeah. Very interesting. You know him like a lot more than I do. You work with him. Great, great personal friend. Yeah, yeah, a great friend of mine, yeah. Um, but he's a hell of a runner. Hell of a fucking runner. Hell of an athlete. He's run the sixteenth fastest time this year in the fifty mile and sixteenth fastest time this year in the hundred mile. Two two months apart. Not even two months apart. Yeah, he just, just finished hoping. uh just finished his hundred mile race uh, August third, just uh, about a week ago. Yeah, the inaugural Badger one hundred mile. He ran fifteen thirty three, um, which is an eight hour hundred mile PR for him. That's that's <laughs> that's wild. That's insane. To put that into thoughts. Um, and his training is what some would consider unconventional in in some respects. Um, and he's he's a very uh, laid back guy. And, I think it's yeah really he seems like a, one of the, he's like one of the more genuinely happy people I've ever met in my life he's very happy because he finds that he found out what fulfills him and he does it every single day and I think that as we talked about in the episode that's really the key to happiness because he is a happy dude and it radiates positivity absolutely but he's got a little bit of a competitive streak to him too doesn't he yeah I mean, yeah we can uh can we put a clip in here I mean yeah I mean, I was- let's put a clip from this and let's see. It's- the is see how it goes. Competitive stuff. A little bit of fire. Yeah, but I mean, before we uh, jump into the episode, Mark, how's your uh, how's your training this week? My training's great. Um, so basically what I've been doing over the last uh, few weeks, you know, last seven to eight weeks at least, preparing for the North Country 50-mile race in, what is that? How many days? In 15 days, so just over two weeks. Two weeks from tomorrow, uh, I've been preparing by uh, running between 75 two and 86 miles a week which is still relatively low compared to people that do that but it's the most that i've ever averaged at 77 over the last five weeks uh most has just been because i'm working 55 and 60 hour work weeks um i would i would run more uh the thing is i've been doing basically no speed work just you know some 30 minute at like 50k to marathon pace i was supposed to do 30 minutes at 50k effort in the middle of my run yesterday but i ran like 550 so that's a little aggressive but i felt really good and i'm surprised how fit i am i'm, I'm super fit um I'm, I'm the fittest i've ever been in my life and mentally and physically i am thriving and I, I i know that i'm gonna have so much fun in this race and i didn't have a good go in my first 50 mile race uh, as you know um and it kind of spiraled me and made me rethink a lot of things but uh, matt and i have come up with a good plan and prepared and I just wanna get through this race. I wanna get through the fifty miles and really start working on some stuff. Uh, but I wanna get through the race. I wanna I wanna just cross that finish line fifty miles and not worried about the outcome. Yeah, hey, I'm super excited to go. You know, do some camping, go some swimming, then Lake Michigan, watch Mark complete this race. It's gonna be a great weekend. Yeah, We're it's gonna be do it. it's gonna be a big time and I'm not like I I prefer like kind of road or uh runnable ultras, so this is a little bit out of my wheelhouse, I went to a mountain ultra out on the east coast and dropped out at 8.9 miles because I was kind of nursing an injury, uh, this time it won't be the case, um, it's still out of my comfort zone so that's why I want to complete it for sure Absolutely, I'm still a little bummed I'm not going to be able to race it, my ankle's still not up to par so, so i am working on that you know, doing a lot more physical therapy, doing whatever I can to, to you know try to speed up the process but I know I just got to be patient and yeah, that's not a strong suit. It's not a strong suit. suit. No, no, but you, you know, it's hard to be patient in situations. That's the most disappointing thing for me is that uh, we signed up to do this race together, kind of as a birthday thing for me, and and you can't do it because I know how. I know how, I just I hate to see you sidelined. I guess. Yeah, but you know what? the The good thing though is uh, I'll be there. I'll be there and, uh, physically to you know do whatever I can. Um, I gonna be able to you know pace you or anything like that but I'm definitely going to be at the A stations or do what I can to help out and it's going to be a fun weekend fun I, birthday weekend for you I appreciate that I just think I think no, at 25 miles that I might not be feeling good knowing that I have 25 more to go so that's good that's good though but yeah I mean Nick Bussin coming on what a, what a guy hell of a runner yeah you're going to get to sure. know him you know him you love him Let's get Nick Butson on the on the pod. Get him on the horn. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Finding Strong Podcast. This is your host, Pat Gates, senior with Mark Bottenhorn. What's going on? And a good friend of Mark's. I just met him today. Good dude, backed hard, Nick Budson. Hey, everyone. So, we're just going to kind of get into... Uh, Nick's little running career, his background, just, you know, kind of go on some rants and some topics about some stuff. Yeah. So, um,
0: Nick, how'd you get into running? Give us the whole backstory. Uh, all right, this this may take a second. This will definitely get rambly. Uh, like I was just saying, um, bucket list, uh, 07 Detroit Marathon, just wanted to medal and wanted and done it. Um, and, yeah. I, uh, like, it it was absolutely miserable. It was the worst experience ever. I swore off running after that. They, uh, like, I'm trying to think. Like, I barely trained. I barely trained. Like, I think probably 13 miles was about my longest run. I did, uh, from Wyandotte, I did uh, 4th Street to uh, Southfield to Allen back to. North line or something. And I was, like was did that race. I did that run, and I was like, just thrash. And I was like, oh, man, that must have been, like, 20 miles. And I'm like, shoot, that only took, like, two and a half hours. Like, I'm going to be, like, winning this race, man. I was like, super, like, this will be sweet. I'm a natural kind of thing. And then I, when I, like, mapped my run, and it was, like, 12.3 miles or something, I was, like, just gutted, like, oh, no. <laughs> what the hell? Oh, man. But then, yeah, I bought... Bought some bad sales shoes on Running Warehouse. Uh, Mom got me some running shorts and uh, some singlets from Dick's Sporting Goods. Went to the expo, walked around for like three hours. Uh, Late after the expo, went to Pizza Popolis Had like a big plate of pasta to you know carbo load. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, the, that's the episode of the of the Office where, where oh they dude. have the the, yeah. fu- the fun run or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Michael Scott's cramming down chicken off right up before the race. So yeah, yeah, got got an extra chicken breast on it for more protein, and then probably like a pound of mozzarella cheese. On it. <laughs> um, of course, like a like race day comes and I. Uh, Oh jeez, go out too fast and have to go to the bathroom once on uh, the waterfront in, in Windsor so I had to like run down this hill thankfully this bathroom was open um, everything. Oh my god, my uh I also had a uh, my I had four goose pinned and taped to the side of my singlet. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what my mom told me that runners did, like that's of them. tape them. So yeah, you know, like pin them on and tape on them. You, know? you got, you got your goose ready to go. <laughs> like, like it's this ridiculous stuff. It's so funny to look back on. Um, dude, and the, the other crazy story. I uh everything was going okay. That was before when you had to. Uh, he went over the bridge and he went counterclockwise <laughs> around Belle Isle. Um, then came back and ran through Indian Village and then back. It finished in Campus Marshes. Um, but we, uh, as I was coming back on Lafayette or something, well, I got, I was running through Indian Village and hit my like 21 and a half or so. And it was like a brick dropped in my stomach. And I was like, I had to go to the bathroom like ASAP. Like, I couldn't run. I was paying to walk in. And got to an aid station, and <laughs> I was like, "Please, is there a portage on around here?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, right around the corner." And I'm like, "Oh sweet, thank God." So, I keep walking around the corner, and there's nothing, you know. And there's kids everywhere, and dogs, and families barbecuing. There's not even like <coughs> any nowhere to tuck off into. And I'm just like, I'm sweating it, and I keep walking. And at this time, it's probably like eleven thirty, eleven forty-five in the morning, and. I'm walking, I'm walking down the street there on the course, and there's a church. And these two guys sitting on top of the staircase um, outside the doors, like dressed to the nines, like three piece suits, hats, all matching and stuff. And I'm like, yo, guys, like, emergency, these are a bathroom. Use? I'm like, please you this. Like, please. I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. Come on, man. Like, no problem. Like, we're right. so like, I have to go up these two flights of stairs, get up to the top of the stairs. I'm like, yeah, where's the bathroom? I'm like, oh, it's downstairs. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, go down the stairs, and this is like, little dingy dark hallway down there, first door on the right is the women's room, and I'm like looking around for the men's room, go all the way down this hallway, come all the way back on the hallway, there's nothing, so I'm like, shoot, whatever, like knock on the women's room building, nobody's in there, it's like, oh, I, like, there's one little stall in the back, and I like rush around to it, and it was the choir room too, there's like ropes hanging <laughs> on the walls and stuff, and like mass is about to start in a little bit, and so I rush around the back corner just like <laughs> unload, right, and I was sitting there just contemplating life, and... Like, I, like under my foot is this laminated piece of paper, and I turn it over, and it's like out of service. Like, dude, I use, I'm not, look, There's not even water in the tank. There's like, <laughs> there's no toilet paper. There's no, <laughs> there's no nothing. So this poor choir just got pizza populist, like, <laughs> hardcore. And I like, like I'm like, oh shoot! I like rush out of there, like, <laughs> run a half mile down the street, and then like. Everything just tightens up. And, and jump back right in the race. Right back in the race. But that was my first first race, first marathon, 4.56. Seamless. it was, <laughs> you know what, I planned it
1: out, I visualized everything. That yeah. reminds me of my, like, freshman year in college when I wanted to run a 5K. Because mm-hmm. I was really pumped up cause my professor was the cross-country coach, and he said I could be good at running. Nice. I ran a 5.07 mile. So I was like, all right, right. so I times that shit by three. Wow. 1521, 5K. For, like, for me, it was about three miles. So I was like, yeah. I was like, I'm around 1521 in this 5K. <laughs> and um, I think I, I ran the first mile, like, that 507 was on grass. I ran the first mile, like, 456 ah, yeah. on this 5K. And then my third mile was like a 7.46 or something like that. <laughs> I just completely blew up. The wall. And uh, I remember asking him, like, do I need to carve up before this race? And he's like, no, man. That's for races that are like two hours long.
0: I, carve was like, up. I was like, basically yeah. oh, you didn't get the Alfredo. You got the Alfredo. You got pizza populace. <laughs> I'm using it as a verb now. You got
1: pizza populist yeah. So oh, that's great! So, so your first marathon was four fifty six. Four fifty six. Impressive. Twenty
0: one years old. Four fifty six. And so you had
1: a you had a little bit of a, a athletic background. So you were a great hockey player. Hockey. Yeah. yeah you played first up team
0: at all state, all that
1: kind of stuff. At a, at a private school here, that's very good at hockey. Yes. Yeah. yeah state so championships. Chris Chelios' awesome. son, like played on the team, right? Yeah. I mean stuff like that. So it's yeah. it's a real deal hockey hockey school. Yeah. That's so you're really a great good. athlete.
0: Going into this, yeah, you were just ill prepared for, this. for the race. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. I already had like I had like some natural running ability ish, you know. Yeah, but yeah, got got it handed to me pretty hard. Like I swore off running after that. Like I said, like that's like, when no, I was at Wayne State. So I was like still working at uh the Old shillelagh, like to put on like right after that, I just stopped doing everything. Like lived on bar food put out like 25 pounds right quick, just chilling. And then one of my buddies uh, from school, he wanted to do the uh, the Martian half the next spring. Um, and I was like, yeah, I can, I can do that. I'll, we'll run together through that. And, like, we brought some food and beer and stuff, tailgated after, and then there was more people doing that, which was like mind-blowing to me, because in my mind, like, I thought all runners were just like type A anal douchebags, you know, that just... <laughs> I'll you know, wake up at five in the morning just to complain the rest of the day, and then I met some more of them. It was like, oh, shit, they're actually pretty cool, yeah. And then did a couple little five Ks, and that's that's what you heard from like the uh, the downtown runners guys when I did the um, the uh, the Grand Prix when it used to be a four mile race. And I showed up in my Under Armour tall knit socks, weren't even I guess compression, not really. I don't know. I just remember seeing like Ryan Hall and people in <laughs> at the time, so I had that going. Had my Walkman going, listening to some like, tunes. Was this a CD player Walkman? No, 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 no. Just a small little like clip-on radio. Okay, that makes so, it less funny, but it's still funny. yeah
1: So I was listening to. Like I was the, I was picturing like the old like 80s style like with the anti skip technology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. on some Offspring or something. Yeah. <laughs> so what kind of headphones did you have? Like earbuds, or were they are they big like noise canceling? Over for- nope, just big fuzzy
0: like foam dumb headphones, uh, oh, okay. but I won that race, like, <laughs> I ended up, that was actually probably one of my f- funnest memories of a race, because, like, with, like, a mile left, it was a four-mile race at the time, and I was getting beat by, like, probably close to a half a mile at one point, point. and I remember seeing, he end up being my buddy Matt, like, way up ahead, and I just, like, tried to, like, match his strides, but, like go a little bit of a faster cadence and then like I literally caught up with them and passed them with like 30 yards to go or something silly like that and like out kicked him right at the end and everybody like everybody there thought I cheated it's like yeah I was like look at this like outer shape they called me Larry the Cable guy <laughs> like who the F is Larry the cable guy dude like how do you just beat my like this makes no sense whatsoever but then I started uh, started running with those guys every Tuesday. Detroit, downtown oh. Runners and Walkers. What was the time? I don't even remember. You don't remember? No. I mean, it was like 20, 29-something. For, for four miles? No, was it, was, no, it was an AK. Oh, it was an So AK. it was 29-something for an AK. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right, yeah. so that's cool. So then, like, yeah, running just became my social outlet through the remainder of my undergrad. Um, what year would this have been? 08. Uh, yeah, 2008. And then started running with those guys. Started running with the group that was, like, training for Boston and stuff like that. Tried to qualify for Boston, again, at Detroit 08. Um, Was on until 21-ish or so, but then just kind of bonked out. I think I ended up, I was pretty dehydrated. Like, went. That's when it was, I think, 310 or 315 was the qualifying time. Um, And I was with the pace group. And end up going three. I lost like, yeah, it was three ten. So I lost twelve minutes in like the last five miles, um, and then end up like finishing that and just like got to the car. Thankfully, my dad was there because so I just started puking and everything, like puking, 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 having a little bit of water and then puking, 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 and then like spitting up blood and all that kind of stuff. And like. It's, uh, that's because you didn't have the pizza bottle Yeah, I should have. Was it blood yeah, or was it thing. pizza sauce? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was blood. So I had to go back down and get bag fluids. But like, once I recovered from that, like my legs were fine that day. Like I went out with my friends that night. Um, and like that day, I was like running up and down the stairs. Like, oh, what the heck? You know, it was like then this mental switch kind uh, got clicked. Where I don't know if it was just like central governor type stuff and self limitations or whatever but 3 weeks later i went to 57 at a West Palms marathon so you went from 322 to 257 in 3 weeks yeah yeah wow it's a big
1: gap so yeah. so that was your third marathon that was goes that was 3 so you went from 456 to 257 and over the span of 3 3 marathons effectively yeah okay yeah and that was in 08, oh, wait. Oh, wait. Yeah. Okay. So, like, would you consider that your breakthrough moment in running or, or the no. start of it? Heck no,
0: kinda of, kind of the start of it. Yeah. That was my breakthrough into, like, like, like I'm a runner, kind of, like, I don't know, it's so weird, kind of, like, just getting into it and like, doing Boston <laughs> in 09 and buying all the shirts and the jackets and stuff. Yeah. And like, being a runner. But we still, did. like, we were doing everything, like, you know, supposedly by the book and Boston Marathon training. What, I mean, what did uh, your training look like? It's standard stuff like oh. running, uh, tempo Tuesdays, speed work Thursdays, long runs Saturdays or Sunday or whatever it was, and then running in between. But just progressively raising the mileage while while maintaining that yeah. intensity. Yeah. But like still racing, like running way too fast. You know, like looking back on it, like definitely just running way too fast all the time. Those long runs were too fast. How reruns runs are too fast, like standard standard issues. Uh, but uh, everybody in that group just kind of ended up like plateaued right around a three hour marathon. Just and, for that type of training. And injured, yeah, you know. But I guess like the big breakthroughs and stuff with running came in two thousand nine when I first started. Uh, I wanted to train for the first uh, Woodstock in Michigan, um, so the Close Nation Hundred signed up for that. And then all summer long, all I did was just like super easy long runs.
1: So um, you didn't, you didn't, you went straight
0: from the marathon to a 100 mile race? Yeah. Okay. That was my first ultra. Okay. Because one of the guys um, from the Detroit group, he uh, he had tried, like he used to win a bunch of like the 50 k's and 50 milers at uh, like dancing with dirts and, that and all that kind of stuff. So he yeah. was the ultra guy. He was, he had tried to to do 100 a few times, um, and DNF'd a bunch of times in a row, and I was like, you know what, I want to buckle before this guy, and and then Woodstock came up, and I was like, just kind of wanted to give that a shot, Um, but then, yeah, I just did a bunch of easy training all summer long. Ran the uh, North Country Trail Marathon the week before Woodstock to test out some new shoes and nutrition stuff and end up winning that right. race. Like, That's the best time to test out your new shoes is going yeah. a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> but it was crazy. That was one of my first breakthrough moments, though, of, like, I ran that race just wanting to go easy um, and, like, maybe age group to win a hoodie or something, so went out and uh, Easy pace. Me and this one guy were kind of running together who was like in my age group. And he was a local dude, and apparently he had been like a a pacer for the collegiate marathons and stuff like that. So I was like, oh shoot, he knows what he's doing. He's probably going to smoke me at the end of this. But he ended up having some stomach issues and dipping out and kept on just running along and got to, once again, about like 21, something 22. And the aid station there was like, dude, he's like 200 yards up. First place. I'm like, oh, shoot. So, like, I just turned it on. And I actually had that gear to, like, go into. And that was the first time I ever experienced that. And I was just flying to finish this race and passed him at, like, 24 and then put four minutes on him. And that was, like, that was a pretty big breakthrough, you know, of just having that feeling and then understanding proper pacing and knowing, like, how to close in a race like that. Um, But then did Woodstock in 2308 um uh, that was went out a little too fast of course and walked a lot of the last half but learned a lot there but three weeks later i went 251 in detroit um, and was like kind of shocked that i was able to go that fast and get faster just because like i was like oh, i haven't been doing speed worker and i haven't been doing anything fast like, this doesn't make any sense to me, and then kind of reevaluated anything or like re- reread the books, and it's like, oh shit, we were we had it all wrong the whole time, you know? It's like,
1: yeah. So I mean, <laughs> you attribute those breakthroughs obviously to you ran faster because you slowed down. Yes, hundred percent. Slowed down, actually trained aerobically. Yeah, and that's what a lot of people. I think the biggest mistake that probably like two thirds of people running make, but uh, but even more. Yeah. yeah, but beginners like probably ten out of ten.
0: You know, um, so that's that's interesting. Yeah. What do you think about heart rate training? Uh, it's 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 interesting. I think it's awesome just for your easy days and like the eighty to ninety percent of your just normal running, just to make sure you're properly running easy enough. You know, because there's so many other confounding variables out there, like. Like how hot it is, how humid it is, like what you ate that day or the day before, how well you slept, how stressed you are, what like, time of day it is, yeah, what time of day it is, like all yeah. this other stuff, like can affect you so much. And the same pace, you're yeah. at a different level of your VO2 max. And if you're just only focused on pace, like you could be blowing yourself up and not even yeah. knowing it, and not actually being proper aerobic. When it comes to terms of like speed working type stuff, like with heart rate I, I I don't know. I don't really mess with that too much of that stuff. And I like the. Been uh, um, reading like a little bit into like the. Uh, what was it like critical velocity or whatever like ten man type stuff? Ninety yeah. percent of your VO two max, and like yeah. that. That sounds, in terms of like speed worky type stuff, that's, that sounds legitimate. Yeah, a lot like of that's RPE, the
1: yeah. rate of perceived effort, though, yeah. right, rather than actually looking at the monitor. Yeah. Uh, I think obviously. If you look at Jason Coop as well, there's another prominent coach, but more in the ultra realm than Tin Man, um, it's the same thing. It's about perceived exertion rather than, you know, it's just effort-based. And I think that's, you make the most adaptations with effort-based training. And it took me, it took me a while to learn that myself. Um, you know, I was lucky to have probably you pretty early on telling me that. So, like, a, a big percentage of my miles are, are actually pretty slow, slower than people think because they see a highlight rather than yeah right you know I should be transparent with it but like yeah there was one point I think for me I was I had I had one gear and it Um, was like well I had two years I had like I could run like fast in 5k Mm -hmm. or I could run like 640 pace to 650 pace and my recovery runs were 650 pace and my easy (laughs) runs were 640 pace and it was every day and that was it yeah Um, at one point I think the first six months of the year I never ran a mile that was slower than seven minutes yeah and I'm so much faster now It's it's,
0: yeah (laughs) people don't get it man they look at uh, like even guys like Kipchoge like, like his, somebody had a little article about that and his lead up to Berlin like peak week and stuff like that he had like 90% of his week was at like 27% slower than his marathon base you know yeah. it's like peak week type stuff you can still I mean obviously like it's all you're almost recovering while you're making those aerobic adaptations, you know, and that's where those adaptations come. Like, it is that easy, easy pace, Yeah. You know? but everybody has that no pay no game mentality, and it's just... That's the American yeah. way. Yeah. Nobody, like, it's it's so much more fun, though, too, like, running easier like that. It's more enjoyable. Oh, yeah. Certainly, but, like, I think
1: if you, if you, some people feel if they run at 70% effort mm-hmm. instead of 95, but they redlining all the time, they feel like they didn't do something. Yeah, like and I think that's the biggest uh, biggest issue. So you don't eat a standard American diet. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> so no. you want to talk, want to dive into the to the diet keto the keto diet?
0: <laughs> no, actually, surprisingly not keto. <laughs> no, yeah. no whole whole foods plant based. No, high carb. Yeah. What would you say? What
1: percentage of your calories comes from carbohydrates?
0: Um, i was probably 75, uh, would be, yeah. So, so you're right, right there. Right, right there. around there. That's exactly, that's like, but I, that's what exactly where I'm at too. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I would love to be, like, I don't know, like, I'd love to be closer to 80 or whatever, but I also eat like, I mean, just tons of vegetables and beans and all that kind of stuff. And even a yeah. rice, like your protein can yeah. start shooting up. Yeah, for sure. sure. That's, that's okay great. though. I mean, where you're at, yeah. that's pretty good. Um,
1: So when did you start this in in correlation to your uh, running timeline?
0: Um, I'm trying to think. In 2008, I went vegetarian because I wasn't eating, like, just too much meat at the time. And with, uh, I mean, just... I was always a bigger guy playing hockey and stuff like that, so I thought it would be a good way to try and, like, lean down a little bit or or whatever, maybe lose a little bit of muscle mass. Um, And then... In 2010, started to do a little bit more research into the whole veganism thing. and found guys like uh, uh, Michael Arnstein, um, the fruitarian. The fruitarian. Yeah. Uh, guys like him, Dory Ryder, um, looking into that kind of stuff. and I was doing some trail races up in Canada in the Five Peaks series and hanging out after one of the races and they had like a ton of oranges and bananas left over. I was like, hey, you guys, like, what are you gonna do with that stuff? You mind know, if I, like, can I get get some? Like, no, sure, take as much as you want. It's awesome. So, grabbed a case of bananas and a case of oranges and basically just eat that for the rest of the week, just to kind of experiment and see what I felt like, and I felt really good. And like, that was in 2010, and there was like an eight month period there where it's like straight up, like, raw vegan, like, like tons of like probably five thousand calories a day of fruit and some greens and stuff like that it was stupid like felt like a superhuman like unbelievable like slept so well like like no body odor like no nothing recovered fast always had tons of energy like mentally quick like sense of smell went through the roof sense of taste went through the roof because there's no like vinegar salts oils coffees alcohols there's like any of that stuff
1: yeah. Do you think that maybe your sense of smell was just ruined because you didn't have
0: any protein to fuel you properly, <laughs> and you did just smell like shit? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. My, my 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 nasal protein receptors. Yeah. Are totally, yeah. totally. Totally destroyed. <laughs> did yeah. you like?
1: Did you notice a, a huge difference between like when you were like eating meat
0: or had a different diet versus you know your plant based
1: diet? Did you feel
0: faster. I, yeah. It felt lighter, faster, like recovered quicker all this kind of stuff and like, I was always experimenting with nutrition and stuff before that so like I had like I did like the super low carbohydrate stuff for a while and like just like like half a banana after a workout and that's basically it with like multiple protein shakes throughout the day and then just like salads and tuna and eggs and whatever you know and that just that destroyed me you know um but uh man had um that whole like fruitarian stuff, like that ended with finals one year when I had some coffee and it's just, it was like, it was like a drug. Like it, I, would, I could barely sleep for two days after having some coffee and yeah. then like without having over salts and stuff in my diet, like after that coffee, like with the diuretic effect and everything like that, I felt like the next day when I actually slept, I felt like I was so hungover just because I was so dehydrated and then it's like, oh man, i I need some salts or something, so I had some, like, rice, beans, and soy sauce in the dining hall, and I was like, oh, this is so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, yeah, so and that's basically what I do now. It's, like, like, fruit all day long, and then some kinds of, like, rice ugali or corn tortillas with a giant salad stew, veggies at night, and works well. Cool. Super happy. So it's been nine years then? Yeah. yeah.
1: And then yeah. at no point you really went back to eating meat or dairy I guess no. not intentionally at least no right no okay so no. that's cool no. um, so can you take this time to just melt, like, how do you
0: get your protein bro like, <laughs> do, you, do you get that question a lot um, less now than yeah. what I had in the past um, but yeah I mean <laughs> dude it's in yeah, everything it's in, it's in yeah bananas like yeah. oranges like it's in freaking everything yeah, you eat a variety in your diet. You're getting all essential amino acids. You're getting everything you need. Like, and they're they're all essential amino acids are in everything, just but in like super super small trace amounts. And yeah, like, but yeah, as long as you're not just like living on one fruit, well, you're, for you're months you're, and months and months at a time. Yeah, like, you're, I
1: mean, you're your body has its like built in evolutionary or survival method that 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 couples proteins right like yeah. it's not like if you eat an incomplete Dude. protein you're just yeah. your body's so fucked well, this is useless and yeah. throws it away we'll recycle everything yeah. yeah so um that's one thing i never got about like combining proteins it doesn't even need to be done intentionally no. like it will just happen yeah so that's people ask me on instagram all the time some people they had, like attack me like one guy called me like a pencil neck uh <laughs> pencil <laughs> neck pencil neck vegan or something and i was like first of all bro my my neck is proportionate to the rest of my body. <laughs> Perfect. Don't come in here and try that. Like I've been complimented on my neck before. So it's my favorite neck, right? yeah, it's, it's my, my, my favorite neck. Yeah, it's my favorite neck. So well, so that's, that's why beard. I try to hide my pencil. Line. Yeah. yeah. Self-conscious. So yeah. yeah. Well, my thing is my traps are so small that it makes my neck look small, and that's he doesn't realize that because I do so many shrugs. Shoulders like boulders. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I just only do shrugs. Um, so like, I get stuff like that all the time, and I just I stop defending myself. And I'm like, dude, I just eat what I eat, like, you eat, you eat, and it's like, yeah. leave me alone. Like, if you want to eat MCT
0: oil and <laughs> uh, pour it down your throat, then go yeah. ahead. That's not for me. Yeah. So. No, and it did, like, it's funny, like, I, right when I started this stuff, like, I was, I get so into this. Like, when I'm on something, like, I'm on, I'm doing, like, all this research and, doing, like, posting stuff. All. Like, I had a bunch of people unfollow me on Facebook, like, as I went through these different, like, Almost like my plant-based vegan evolution because, like, I started just with, like, the performance aspect and then it gets into, like, the environmentalism and the human rights and the animal rights and, like, all this. It just kind of, like, took off and I was, like, just very vocal about all of it. And I had so also a, lot of friends a over preachy,
1: quote-unquote, preachy yeah, vegan? Yeah, probably,
0: yeah. yeah. You know? But, like I think like, if you don't want to follow me, don't follow me. It's, like, it's not, not personal. Right, so it's I, easy, I mean I don't it's don't easy to, it. when
1: you're passionate about something though it's it's easy like to, to
0: it just becomes contagious
1: and, yeah. and, and you put it out and yeah. I see that with people too and I'm like like I see it with politics all the time and I'm like just like shut up about it but then again like maybe they're passionate about it so then yeah. I just don't follow it,
0: it <laughs> you know. but yeah. it's uh, yeah and it, at some point it just becomes like how do I just stop caring it's like you know, I'm doing me I feel awesome Numbers don't buy. Like, you know, Like, it, 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 you can't, you can't bash people in the head with scientific research and make them understand it. You know, you kind of just gotta do what you do and, and put enough out there where they're aware of what you're doing to some extent, and it almost like draw them in. You know, like pull them in rather than like push the information on them. And, like, yeah. It's tough sometimes when you do see, like, a lot of misinformation going online, like, on Facebook yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's, I always, like, I, I enjoy little debates and getting in there, getting in the fights and stuff like that every right now and then. But more just, like, just having fun
1: with it. Yeah, I enjoy it, too. And, <laughs> and then I realized, like, my grandma one time told me, don't argue with stupid people. Yeah, Like, they think I'm stupid, and I think they're stupid, so, like, yeah. we should just should not argue. Um Going around in circles. I think just so much of it exactly. I think so much of it is just bro science though. It's it's oh, yeah. really scary how misinformation spreads. Yeah, and um, you know I don't know that's that's crazy. But you, yeah. Pat, you showed me that article earlier about uh the strong. Who were they? Um, I forget the name. One was Eddie Hall. The other one I forget the name. Yeah, I'm familiar with Eddie Hall. I don't know the other one so much, but they're like basically, uh, this. Like world's strongest men competitors, like yeah. Nick, that was on the sh- that was on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, the other Nick, not this Nick, I'm, big difference. Um, and they, and he eats like ten thousand calories a day, which I think is preposterous for one. He's, I don't even know how it's like possible. I would throw up. Yeah, well, for sure, but you don't have that frame. But he's he's four hundred pounds, and the diet's basically just different variations of steak or ribeye or ground yeah, beef, no balance, uh, and like three cups of white rice at each meal. And um, I thought, like, I looked at it, and the one guy, I don't know who it was, he had not, he didn't have one vegetable in the whole diet. It sweet was potato. once Oh, he, if you call that a vegetable. <laughs> yeah, he did. He ate a, you know, big, and capital big sweet potato with his last meal. Um, and I just thought, man, like, that's, like, how, you have to have, like, a life expectancy of, like, 55 on that diet or, or less, yeah. you know. It's just, it's kind of scary. Plus, it's like just to eat the same thing like that every single day, like, six meals a day just sounds so boring. I mean, I don't know. I eat more or less, like, I eat a lot of the same things, though, each day. But I I don't, like, I don't like eat to live. Like, I just, or I don't live to eat, you know. Like, I just try to eat and move on. So I don't think too much
0: about it and others. But what do you think about, like, some of those diets and things like that? I (laughs) I mean... We'll, we'll, we'll figure out down the road you know more, yeah. like, cause it's, a lot of this stuff is it's new for the most part and we'll, we'll see what happens 10 years down you know yeah. so I mean, yeah I, I don't think it's healthy or malice or whatever you know I don't think I amount of like yeah. protein and, and animal product is at all necessary or healthy no it's just obviously. copious amounts
1: that aren't necessary and they're yeah. just a drain on the environment but one thing I'll say is the keto diet is like Really new, and it's designed to control like a specific type of epilepsy. That's
0: what it was designed for. Yeah, Um, but that that was also like ninety five percent fat and like mostly oils and stuff. It wasn't. It wasn't a high protein diet. No, but
1: now it's turned into a high protein diet, and it never was supposed to be a high protein diet. Um, So it's again just taking like a bro
0: twist to it. One gram per pound of body weight or something. It's it's easy to tell people good things about their bad habits, and they'll buy anything from you no you like bacon bacon and eggs they'll freaking, yeah sweet good bacon mm-hmm. and eggs and i lose i lose 10 pounds in a week oh my god this is it holy grail and it's yeah it's,
1: yeah. yeah that's that's yeah. frightening i so i think and you see some people who are fitness personalities who are really lean and they're doing this stuff and they look like what is defined as good or whatever mm-hmm. maybe um but you're going to see like i think you you see people dropping dead like seemingly healthy people like dropping dead at like 48 or 50 yeah. with like advanced Arthrosclerosis and heart disease because of these diets. Yeah.
0: But you can always talk circles around it and come up with excuses. Like, it's not how Atkins died, or it's not like, like Jim Fix, you know? Uh, he you was know, morbidly obese, though, than Atkins. Well, a lot of those guys are. So, <laughs> <laughs> Living low carbs? like yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> it's, not it's, it's the carbs that he used to eat when he was a kid that were the problem. That's 100%. what messed him up, yeah. Yeah, all those mashed jams
1: or whatever. Yeah. Plumped him. Yeah. So, in at Wayne State, you started running a lot more vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Did you play any, like, sports
0: in, at, at Wayne State? No, after I was, college. I like, or or practice, practice team mm-hmm. hockey for, like, one season. Um, but it was, like, it was just a lot. Do you didn't want well, to put the... Not, I, already I already had a full ride for academics. Oh, okay. yes. It, it was just kind of... Was, I, was, I would have to, like, travel around with the team a lot and do, like, stats and stuff like that. And I was... Not, not into it that much at the time, you know, like, and I just, like, that's why I didn't, didn't go play juniors and that kind of stuff, it's like that four-eyed, and Wayne State had a D1 team at the time, it was like, oh, they actually walk on, you know, and the team ended up, they, they stopped the program a couple of years later, for
1: whatever reason. Well, it was, it's, like, hockey, like,
0: your dream to pursue Kinda, not really. I mean it was it was my passion growing up for sure. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. Like used to ref and stuff like that. Like it was it was life growing up, you know. Mm. But it was yeah, I guess it was roughly was over, you know. It was like having all this time and it was a crazy couple of years of undergrad and just like what the heck do I do now? Yeah, like, who am I? <laughs> yeah. And then that's when like running kinda of came into the equation, so Fill that void a little bit.
1: And, yeah, I definitely understand. Like after, you know, after college and not playing like soccer anymore, and, and like, like the college level. Yeah, and you know, just joining random teams and doing, you know, trying to find that, that whatever, you know, that love again. Yeah, it's just hard. as so I was like trying to fill fill that void with like other stuff. So I definitely understand it sucks. But I mean, when you when you find other other things like you found running, I yeah. found. You know, OCR found whatever. Yeah. So that became that's so like your identity at one point. Did you identify as a hockey player, like primarily? Was oh, it, would, oh, it, would yeah. it at that level, and then it, it just transitioned to runner. Is that is that kind of what happened, or did you? Yeah, I yeah? think over over those few years. I think like people who are athletes inherently, like have been <laughs> athletes for like most of their life, like they like put like that's what they identify as, and I find it so funny because I don't see it as much. Like you see it with like musicians, like they identify yeah. as a musician, but like it's kind of weird because. It's just a sport, but like at one point, it's everything.
0: Like yeah life revolves around it. Yeah, you know, it's really yeah. I never really thought about it. (laughs) Is yeah, it is. It is just a sport, but it like, dude, like when I'm not working or whatever, like that's I'm listening to podcasts. I'm looking at research and reading books and doing all this. When you're talking about running, all running related. Oh yeah, like and it's like. Yeah, I don't know. And it's, I can make a it, yeah, a million things about a passion. it. It's it's fun yeah. and interesting. It it is more
1: than a sport in a sense that you have the community, that you have the, the passion for it, that it's like yeah. a, a driving force for good and so many people meet because of it. I think runners truly are a great community, and you can get that in any sport. So yeah. it's like the games are just or the race or whatever it is, it's just a sport. Like the yeah. outcome really doesn't matter that much.
0: Yeah.
1: Unless you're unless you're somebody and you're gonna win the Boston Marathon and that. Whatever that two hundred thousand dollars is going to change that your life forever—that matters. But yeah. but from our perspective,
0: it's not. I mean, not too. You know, no. outcomes aren't always going to matter for somebody. No. Like I, but I'm sure, sure like we lose perspective on that. I do a bit. I do. You know? I did, and it made running not fun for me. Yeah. At one point, like I was so caught up on like,
1: you know, like one day I was gonna I was gonna run a marathon, and I was like, I think I could probably run two thirty seven or two thirty six. And I was like, that's not good enough, though, because I don't think you're fast until you run, like, a 224 or something. Oh, yeah. So then I would have been, like, so I just kept training, and I was like, I won't run this race. And I, and I missed out on that experience, and then I'm like, yeah. I'm not doing it until I can break 225. But I'm like, it, "No." but, but then if I, <laughs> but if I would have if I would have kept pushing and I would have got under, like, 225 or something, I would have been like, but you're not really fast until you qualify for Olympic trials. So yeah, and that shit we'll just wait. keeps going on. Yeah. And so if I define myself by, like, the outcome of a race, then yeah. it, it only depends on how I did during that 2 to four to five hours depending on the race yeah. versus like everything that I put into it and, and who I am as a person Yeah, so dude, I to be careful of that dude that's
0: that's funny because that's totally the opposite of like how I like all my best races have all been like surprise breakthroughs you know and like things have just kind of as my running has progressed it's like those are the biggest learning experiences are those like random races you know where I uh like my PR marathon is a two thirty four, and I was like, I figured I was in could do like a two forty, and that was the goal of that day, just do like a two forty, and went out and it just turned out to be, I don't like I don't even know it was a good day, and that's the speed we settled into, and steady and splits and whatever, and ran a two thirty four, and it was it was awesome, but it's like so it's like I've never like I've never tried to go under two thirty, like yeah <laughs> that yeah. kind of thing, no matter like what people out there right thinking or talking shit about but yeah. there's uh, even like with the ultra races and stuff like that like there is I mean even at uh, the, the 50k at trail weekend this year like I dropped out of that at the marathon like it just wasn't my day and like I, I learned a lot and I like I learned like I was kind of took it for granted and like ended up having like I don't know, it was just, I worked too much days prior, and wasn't on top of my, like, hydration and stuff enough, and wasn't paying attention enough, yeah. and, like, literally, it was so funny, like, my, like, just my, my hip core stabilizers were just, ended up shot for whatever reason, and like, I was just running the trail stupid and taking bad lines, and it was just making it a million times harder than expected, and it was like, I think I, I dropped, and, like, I was in second at that point, probably could have just like pedaled to the metal like no pain like let's get it like caught the guy and won the race or something but that probably would have been the dumb decision you know
1: yeah and uh, but if I mean if you drop into that race and you have that all or nothing attitude then then if you identified as that like you identify as a quitter and a loser right so that's that's what I'm saying like the parallel is like that's not the difference between you and I because I've been able to see that now and like it's, it's not different in the fact that my best races have come when I didn't have much pressure. Like, yeah. I just needed to run in a, in a trail 50K. I just wanted to run in the elite race at at North Face, so I needed to run in a four-hour. So I was like, fuck, I can do that. Yeah. And I ran 331, and yeah. it was, like, one of the fastest times in the country in yeah. that year. But even at that point, it was, like, number 10. And I was like, holy shit, like, there was no pressure. And I, I never ran over 10 miles in a race before. So, <laughs> yeah. like, that's, I mean, that's how everything came for me, too. But the way I used to be is I would get really up over results yeah. and identifies those results versus the person that I am and the uh-huh. service I provide to others. Right. right, so that's why I try to stay away from now. Oh, for sure. So, all right. So then, back in I guess two thousand ten, you're you're a vegan and you and you and you went from I don't know whatever it was four fifty six to, to two fifty one now at this point. Or? That was like no,
0: that all happened in two thousand fifteen. Okay, and that's that's when I. Uh, Started heart rate based training and like capped myself at like 140 beats a minute. Um, Like previous to that, like all my runs were like six thirties, and that took me down to like a nine minute mile. Um, But I also took like a good form running clinic and learned how to teach those. I started wearing ultras at that time, Um, and then just like I said, just ran every day and kept it at 140 beats a minute, and, like, after a couple months, it went from, like, a nine-minute mile to an eight-minute mile, and then to a seven-minute mile, and, like, a couple months later after that, like, down to that 6.30 again, but, like, truly aerobic 6.30, yeah. and that's when I, like, everything was a PR, and I was winning all these races and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah, so, like, since 2015, you've been on a pretty good run overall. Yeah, I mean, there's been little, like, ups and downs of racing, or, like, running and not running and all that kind of stuff, like, like, even... Last year, like a couple of Decembers ago, from like mid-December to like May, I was averaging like 130 some miles a week, like put in a 145 into a 160, into a 141, like feeling awesome. And then like kind of life stuff and pressures came up and I basically didn't run for six months and put on 25 pounds really quick. And like coming from this December, like just getting consistent like again. Like, it took me a good three months to just loosen my hip flexors up from being so, like, stationary and seated
1: so often.
0: Yeah, I mean, everybody's going to
1: have those, like, the yeah. setbacks and the walls. Yeah. I mean, it's just part of being a human. Yeah. But you did you put in hundreds, a few hundred and, like, 60-mile weeks this year, didn't you, recently? No. Now, not recently, but, but like, dating back a couple months, right? I remember you were... What's the highest you hit recently?
0: Probably... 60 70 70 is the highest this
1: yeah, the highest is that this, leading up to this 50 mile 100 mile race yeah <laughs> this whole year yeah this whole year has been like super short is that something you've done intentionally and that's helped you perform or is that just a byproduct of you're busy in your job
0: Busy. Busy busy my job um taking yeah just it kind of got I don't know, it's it's kinda just kinda naturally came about where like as I redeveloped my relationship with the sport of running, like it just became like my normal wake up to start the day with a little jog and then get into work and work, you know? And like being a bit more like focusing more on form and stuff like that. It was fun. Like I I didn't have to put in the I didn't like yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think I ever really, I just didn't feel the urge to put in that kind of mileage or I didn't feel like I had the time to or… Um,
1: Do you think it's necessary for for performance, talking at like an elite level, right, or sub-elite level? Whichever. I don't know. It depends on the person. Yeah. Probably some. Cause, because, it depends, because you've but. been able to put in, you've at least done it before. You put in like 130, 140, yeah. like 50 mile weeks, right? Yeah. Um, without really any injury or not too no. much at least. No. Um, whereas some people like they start, like if my training partner, Dan, if, if he runs over probably 60 miles a week, like something blows up. Yeah. And me, like I can put in like 85 or 90 mm-hmm. and I just don't try to go above that. And I know I could because
0: I'm a tank and I don't get hurt, but like yeah. I could go above that. And I just, just choose not to. Right. Yeah. It's just what works my work life balance. Yeah. Well that like the, the high mileage training I did last year was just like, I just had the time for it. Yeah. Like, my, my, my work schedule was structured enough, and like, I was getting into listening to podcasts, and it's just like, I was having so much fun out there. Like, it was never like, let's see how many how much miles I could do. No. It was just like, dude, this is fun.
1: It was I enjoy a this. Byproduct of loving the process, yeah, versus like something that you felt was regimented or you yeah. had to do. You were running three times a day at some points, right? I mean, is it whatever days were you running really? Through? It was generally,
0: generally twos, oh, okay, and like a couple of long single days, but yeah, like all winter long in Michigan, I was like, wake up in the morning and do 15 or 20 and I go to work and I come back and do another like 10 or 15 or 20, whatever it would be. Like, it was just a while, but it was, I don't know. I enjoyed it. And like this year, it's just been that, I think that process of like loosening up and getting back into like decent running shape with just like the shorter stuff and being a lot more mindful of like little form mechanical things, like, like, pelvic rotation type stuff, and shoulder type stuff, and loosening it up, and, like, I've kind of, like, weaned myself down, like, without any specific purpose to, like, in some, like, uh, less cushioned shoes, and all that, and, like, I think my feet have just gotten a lot stronger, I think I'm, like, a much, much more efficient runner, and it's, like, it's just a lot of shorter, easier runs, but I have, like, a couple little baby hills on my route, and I do, like, a couple strides on the way back, and, it's it's felt good, and I've seen the progress. And, yeah. yeah so you're really training pretty it,
1: intuitively, like yeah. you're just doing what your body tells you. And you you'd say you're in pretty good shape right now, right? I mean, you're coming off two really big races. Yeah. Where you did really big well. Tag. So why don't we talk about those races? Because I think those are those are impressive. Yeah. So um, so so you ran the Yeti 50
0: mile race. Yeah, the damn Yeti 50. That was on uh, June 1st this year. Um, and. Yeah, I mean it's it's a fast course. Like the first twenty ish are like pretty like they're downhill. And like most people will go out and like blow their quads on that course and Is it point to point? It's uh it's an out and back. So the last twenty are uphill then? No, no, no. It's you, you it's uh you go you start at White Top, um and you run down White Top, uh and then you get to Damascus where the finish is. Um and then you run out to Abington then run back oh okay okay so you don't
1: so you don't have to go back
0: uphill yeah no in the yeti hundred, you do yeah Uh, but not not at the 50 but yeah we we just went out and like i knew i was in decent shape and i was like extremely mindful of protecting my quads on the downhill so it was all like just focusing on like like foot like landing like like landing forefoot having like good ankle dorsiflexion and then like taking all like no basically extra bend in the knee and going straight into like glute activation pelvic rotation all that kind of stuff and just letting gravity take me and me and the guy that won the previous year went out together and like we were working together or we were with a couple of 50k guys as well we went out pretty fast like we were hitting like 630s, 640s, like on this downhill.
1: It was a 50 mile race. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, like, and like, I hadn't, like, hadn't been doing long runs all year long. So, like, it's, I don't know. This was crazy. Like, um, but we ended up at the turnaround together. Um, we were playing, like, Leapfrog all day because he had a crew and stuff like that. So, like, he'd blow through eight stations. I'd stop or, like, they'd go back and forth. And we knew we could get, like, a fast time. that point we were going to basically try and work together on the way back in and I got like a little side mini like ab side stitch thing and had to stop and walk for a half second and then he ended up going to an aid station and I had to stop at that one and kept going and then just that was an interesting race because at that point I had like 10 miles left and ran past the photographer and he's like oh he's like two minutes up on you and still got him and just a little while ahead of that, somebody's like, oh, he's only, like, five minutes up on you, and like, yeah, pick <laughs> picked up, picked up, like, it was, like, worth it like, so soon after, it's like, oh, shit, and he, this kid was training for, like, the, uh, ERA 50 or 100, and he'd just done, like, Georgia Death Race and stuff, and he was going hardcore, so I'm like, oh, okay, I've been outclassed, like, he's got his pace, so he's way stronger, like, what the hell was I thinking? just turned on my I had a little radio on me so turned it on like NPR was the first thing on and it's like listen to wait wait don't tell me just like cruise mode like all right like don't want to don't want to get that cramp again let me just cruise it in and I started do some math in the head and like I think I have like two and a half miles to go and if I can hold on to this eight minute mile like that's 20 minutes left of running like that's fine I I got that I'll give me a 6.26. I'm like, it's still it's a sweet time for like not really training. Like this is, this is a solid. And, and like right after that, I turned this corner and I saw him like a little over a quarter mile ahead up the trail with, running with his pacer. And I realized like we're turning into Damascus for the finish and I have, like less than a mile to catch this guy. And after like 10 miles of like chill mode pity party, I just like pedaled to the floor and it felt amazing. Like just opening up and flying. I was like, 550 like pff, flying after him you ran a 550 mile
1: like yeah, yeah deep yeah, closing into, back. like a final mile yeah in a 50 mile race yeah wow
0: flying wow. and he was like what the hell is I doing like like I should have been running <laughs> like what like what bells stupid so went flying I caught him like uh, probably like 200 yards from the finish or so and, and like I was gonna run with him and just finish together since we've been working together all day but like they, uh, as I was catching up to them, I'm like, hey, boys, let's finish this up, woo, you know, kind of thing, and they, like, they double took and, like, tried to start running, they go running, and I stopped and chatted with them for, like, a half second, but then he got a cramp, and I just kept going, so, that was a six seventeen. um. And so that was the 16th or 17th fastest
1: time in six, North America?
0: 16th. 16th fastest time in North America in 2019. Yeah, so far. I mean, so far. for the 50-mile, quote-unquote, distance, like, People, I'm sure guys have gone through 100 or 100K splits faster, yeah. Time splits faster. I take the accomplishment. Whatever. It's cool. Yeah. It's freaking awesome. I was beat. Yeah. Like I said. It was so so this awesome. came down to a, like a...
1: You out kicked him. Sprint off. Yeah. <laughs> right then, at the end of the race. In the 50th so mile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It
0: really was silly. And then we like, yeah, hung out after and like, like, ate like... Had some uh, mellow mushroom pizza, and goofed around at the finish line, and then drove home from Virginia and, like, was running a couple days later. Back to work. Back to work. Yeah. Back at it. Same old, same old.
1: Yeah. So then then you're, you used it as, a, like, kind of a training race or whatever yeah. for your next race, which was yeah. the
0: Badger 100 mile? Yep. So that was August 3rd, Badger 100 mile. First year race with uh, Wait, so, I mean, that's 10 truck miles. Six crazy. days ago.
1: Yeah, so not even a week removed right now.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, so, and then the same thing, training in between. Like, what did it Give us a week of training in between, like Monday through Sunday. Let's just hear what you did. <laughs> I just want to get this point across. It's like. legit the same thing every morning. Like, I'll, I'll wake up, like, have some coffee, like Der yeah. online for a half second, uh, get out the door and. I run, like, behind Washtenaw Community College onto the B2B just bike path and go, like, anywhere from five to eight miles, like, really nice and easy, and then on the way back, I'll do, like, a couple strides, up a couple, like, the baby little bumps that we have, and, like, that's it. Like, nothing. So just eight miles a day? Like, if that. If, it, like, <laughs> like, that's it. You know? Okay. And, like, seriously, like, no trail no nothing, no, no cross training. No, like it's not like, I don't know. I don't think I'm some weird like genetic freak of a runner person. I just think like, I've been, I've been like, like I said, a lot more form focused. Um, like, and uh, I don't know, like most days are easy. Some days I'll like kick in the last K. Um, but it's all just by effort, right? You don't have yeah. to go on specific cases or. No, no. All I just intuitive, just nice and chill. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Like seriously, I don't know. Like I started wearing those like dumb little correct toe spacers. Yeah. Like back, probably like February or March. I think maybe those have done made a big difference. Like I okay. feel like my foot feet are a lot stronger. Okay. Um, which is a weird thing to say. I don't know. I don't want to waste time getting into it. But like, yeah. It's dumb like little things like that. Um, like I said, I can get away with doing my runs, in like super minimal racing flats now which would have felt, like, super harsh last year. Now okay. they feel, like, more than cushioned enough and comfortable.
1: Okay. Um, so so you did that leading into this 100-mile coming off of a 6-16, you said? six seventeen. Six seventeen fifty 50 mile. You're going into a 100-mile and you're running 8 miles a day doing what you feel like, <clears> not <throat> if that. And then, yeah. so now you get to the start line at the Badger 100, and what happens?
0: Um, well, the whole, like, the whole thing with this race was – my PR in the 100 mile was still that 23.08 for my very first one. Um, I've done, like, this, the Badger 100 was my seventh. Um, and I've never really had a successful 100 race to, like, the extent of what I had figured my capabilities were. Um, so this race, like, before I move out west for my job next week, like, I really wanted to put down a good time for the Beast Coast, you know, like... Show like, and that like, like I don't know. Like I had a lot to prove to myself. I had a lot to prove to. I mean, I guess other people, not really. But like, I just wanted to have a really good race and kind of push myself to the times where I thought I was capable of. Like, yeah, with like the six, seventeen, fifty-mile kind of like was like kind of. Sh- showed that I was capable of yeah um, so like we went out in this badger and like me and this one kid started like running together but it just I, I, I didn't even have my watch going um but it felt it felt fast enough but there was still it was just like a hair too slow and like in most hundreds I would be like alright like this is fine respect the distance like you got a long day ease into it and at this one I was like no I'm like like, run your race, like, don't worry about anybody else, like, run how you feel, and, like, I, I sped up by a bit, and, like, I, I knew it was the right call when I did it, because everything just felt lighter and coppier and crisper and more efficient, and almost, like, like, less effort than that slower pace, even, even though, like, the cadence was the same and everything else was the same, it just felt more natural to me, yeah. um, and, yeah, I mean, just ran that race, like, kind of let, let the day play out. And at the, one of the main turnarounds, when I could finally see who was behind me, uh, second place was, like, 17 minutes back. I was at mile, like, 34. And he looked really strong. And there was a couple guys, like, right behind him, too. Um, this course was an out back and out. So I knew I, I wouldn't have a chance to know how other people were doing until, like, mile 70 or so. Um, but, yeah, I just kept running my own race, ran into a couple little, slowed down a little bit once it got hot, and we started to go, like, barely gradually uphill a little bit as we went back to the start, and I started, uh, I turned my watch on, and it seemed like having the watch on was just a big distraction, as I was doing math and watching myself kind of slow down at that point, and I was little with my phone and shit, and it's like, all right, now I'm just done with this, like. Turn all that off and just run. And I just wanted to give myself like the opportunity, put myself in the position to have like the best race in time possible. And that was always it. Like it wasn't like eight station to eight station or whatever. It was like it's just like just keep moving. Um, and we'll see. Like if you can get to the turnaround point and have like five hours, like maybe we can break fifteen. Maybe we can do this. Like for a while, there was like, oh shit, are we going to do like a fifteen thirty or, or fourteen thirty or something stupid or lower like it got pretty wild but it did get really hot it was like 86 and pretty humid um i know i definitely could have done better at heat management and whatnot um but the whole day was it just went by smoothly like nothing went wrong no like one little like hip flexor tightness for a half second one little shoulder thing for a half second one little stomach side stitch thing for a half second but like that was another thing where I kind of realized like instead of trying to fight that stuff I just kind of like eased off and like let them like run its course you know instead of trying to do like breathing techniques and all that stuff to like it almost seemed to just be making it worse you know and, yeah. but the whole day was like it was so like it was just so level and it felt good there was no like super dark pain cave like heroic efforts there was no yeah. super crazy highs and you Euphoria or anything like that. It was just chill, and you won the race. You won the race, yeah.
1: 15-33. and that was the sixteenth fastest time in North America so far <laughs> this year. Yeah. So uh, for for all intents and purposes, I'm just going to say that you are the sixteenth fastest runner <laughs> 16- from the fifty mile up in, in North America. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean if you average your, your two big races together versus the standings, no. That's, Definitely not.
0: It, it's one of those things. Like, what's what? Like, right, what I really like, what I love about this kind of stuff is like, like, yeah. These were two absolutely amazing performances. Like, I had good days on very fast courses, but like, there are probably four or five guys on my Monday night or my Monday morning conference call that could have beat me at both those races. Like, it's not like, yeah. But it's, it's important to also note that
1: you're not working. Uh, for like telecom, you work for yeah. for ultra footwear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so
0: you're <laughs> yeah. talking about like-minded <laughs> yeah. people, ultra runners. But, but here, here's the thing, too. It's like being being around people like that, um, and and kind of seeing, like, like I said, like for me to first do my first hundred miler, I would never have done it if it wasn't for like my one buddy, Dave, mm-hmm. and like that kind of thing. Like, like oh shit, if Dave can do that, like I should be able to do that. Now, and even with like other races and watching watching friends like even those coworkers watch them doing like I have some friends that moved out west like that are doing like, like um, my buddy Chris won um, like me hundred K this year and he's um he won Zion like this year and he's doing all kinds of sweet stuff and it's like like guys like you and guys like Anderson and guys like all these local dudes like Burnsy and Arnold like and it's like shit like like these guys like being so close and like kind of seeing the possibilities and kind of seeing the the potential and kind of like, like almost just building off each other, you know, and like, like it's so funny, like I I don't want to sound like full of myself or anything, but it's like now that like since I've done this, it's like what the fuck are you going to do? Like if I, if Budson can do this off of his bullshit training or whatever, like you can probably like in your mind that should like open up a whole new realm of possibilities of like oh shit like
1: well it does inspire me yeah I um, I I think that you're an incredible athlete um, thank you <laughs> and, and I and I, and I and there's some boundaries to respect there I mean I'm ultra competitive so like it's not like a a Mia Hamm and Landon Donovan like anything you can do I can do better type of thing <laughs> because I want to see you I want to see you do well and um, yeah. Like, oh, so sure. I don't even think about that, but like just from a competitor, like it made me want to raise my game. To be honest, when, when you got when I when I asked you if you were moving out west, um, because I had my scent west and it didn't really work as well as I wanted it to, and you uh-huh. were going out west and I was feeling really stuck in my job and I was like shit, like I'm so happy for you. Uh-huh. but I, I almost I don't know if I felt sorry for myself for a second or if I felt a little dejected and I'm like I'm like, Man, when when will I get my next chance? You know, like I was almost yeah. hurting because like your success amplified in some senses my what I perceived as my failures, Yeah. didn't know that I was out like as I was thinking about that was I <laughs> was on track to make a to make yeah. a move, but it, like that, but that inspired me. You, like that right there, what you did, aside from the racing, because I knew you were going to run fast, what, like with your move across the country and, and pursuing what you're doing and, and, and the great role that you have, that pushed me to like to try to do more, you know. So like that alone, like that that made a huge. It's going to make. It's not right now because we're all sitting in the same room in Michigan, but yeah, it's going mean, to make a huge change for me in three weeks, and it's going to make a huge change for you, and it's, it's yeah. going to be crazy how, how training is going to change for me, and now um, I feel like the possibilities are endless, and I thought right. they potentially were here too with work, but I was having trouble working 12-hour days where I, yeah. I couldn't get out of it, you know, yeah. so I, I think if I ran 86 miles on singles with 12-hour, you know, 50-hour work weeks and 60-hour work weeks, like, what could I do? Yeah, with more work-life balance. Yeah, yeah
0: oh for sure. So yeah. I, I,
1: because of all the things that you've done, you've like laid a path for me. So I do appreciate oh, that. We're, yeah, we're just having fun and doing what we do. Yeah, both of us. Yeah, but I think like and it goes on to those guys like Zach who lives oh, within, essentially true. right between us and he's the national champion of the fifty mile, the 50K, yeah. and the fifty k. Yeah, it's like all these people are running on a next level, so I can't get complacent either. Like I've had a few good race results, but I can't like stop now because yeah. like there are people in my own hometown yeah. that are. Just killing
0: well, it. That's, up. yeah. That's what I like, that's what I love about guys like us that don't have that running background, too. It's like, we're, like, we didn't grow up running in high school. Like, we didn't run in college. Like, we're still learning a ton. Like, like how long does it take your body to even get near its genetic potential as a runner? Like, yeah. 10, 12 years? Like, if you're new. like, so. Right? It, like, I potentially, I potentially at
1: 29 years old, have a lot less miles on me than somebody else that would have ran D1 at 29 years old Um, so like I don't know like in 7 years like when I'm 36 like isn't that crazy to say that any sport like what can I do when I'm 36 that's when you're Prime for endurance running, so people are gonna say like, "Oh man, are are you too old to be chasing this?" And I'm gonna say, "No, fuck you, I'm not actually. Like in seven years, like maybe I'm I'm
0: too young to be working this hard right now. Like wait for like, yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, like it's it's like the long game in this, and that's why like I'm not even (sighs) rife yet. Yeah, yeah. people, that's like everybody. Like we're talking about that like no pain no gain mentality with like oh I'm doing a marathon, I want to do this, and like let's let's go for it, and like oh I." I've done two marathons, and I don't know, like, they're, they're, like, I know people that have done Boston a bunch of times, and, like, their form still sucks, and they're all training wrong, and they're all, like, literally just plateaued, and always fighting off injury, and, like, yeah for, like, the newbies and stuff, like, they think one four-month training block is gonna do much of anything for their running, like, it'll do a bit, but... Yeah. Not as much as like string a couple of years of just consistent yeah. healthy training. You have to string
1: together four month training blocks for yeah. for years. Yeah, you know, that's like something Pat talks about all the time. He talks about instant gratification, and yeah. we live in a society with social media and other things that, that just provide instant gratification all the time. Yeah. And you can't get that in running, and you can't fake it. No, it's you in in anything at a high level, you can't get it overnight. You can't fake it. Like there are people who are prodigies and they pick up the guitar and they shred it. Yeah, but to think that they don't—they didn't pick it up overnight. They're, they're working, you know. So it's like, it's just—it's it, easy to mislead people in the fact that like, if you just yeah. run hard and, and you and you beat the shit out of yourself every day, yeah. you're going to be
0: faster than somebody who didn't beat the shit. out of Yeah, it sounds inspiring and romantic and everything. And it Rocky, looks, it looks good. Yeah, look right. how we romanticize that movie. Like yeah. nothing
1: about that boxing is even close to accurate. <laughs> like it's like no no boxers run around trying to chase chickens. And catch a, they and drinking uh, raw eggs <laughs> every <morning. laughs> Yuck, Yeah, they they have they have like dietitians and they're eating a lot of carbohydrates. Man. And um, so it's like the it's crazy the misnomers around there or whatever it may be. And.
0: Yeah. Now it's funny like there's just a uh, on one of the the Facebook groups uh, they were asking about like well how do I how do I get ready for an ultra race and not run kind of thing like somebody like there was like this question and like one of the actually. I was going to make a post, but then this other guy responded, and it was, like, just super perfect. Kind of like, well, why the hell do you want to do this anyways? Like, what are you looking to accomplish? Like, it's, like, the, kind of like the whole, like, it's all about the process of it, the races of the celebration for you. And, like, right. kind of he kind of went off on, like, a little thing, of, like, a societal critique about, like, that instant gratification, Instagram society type thing. Yeah, because you that, get a medal makes, when you finish it. Yeah, and it's like, it's like, why, like, it was like it ended up being like a, a Spartan she wanted to do one of like the 30 mile Spartans and just go from one of her normal training just go do that and do a lot if you're doing that a lot of pull ups and a lot of time on the stair climber yeah. if you don't want to run yeah. <laughs> a lot of burpees <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know but about it's, that it's serious, like it's like it's like somebody being like alright I want that that like that mega ramp from the X Games I want to drop in on that because they'll be so fucking badass kind of thing, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, and it's like, let me get, get my skateboard, let me go do that, and it's like, bro, you can barely make it down the driveway on your skateboard, like, yeah. but people are just like, let's do it, start the camera, like, hit the mini like, pipe hey, first, hey, man, hey, I'm so-and-so, welcome to jackass, like, <laughs> boom, 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 and give me my medal, and I'll put it on Instagram, and everybody will tell me how great I am, you know, it's like, yeah. dude, it's years of, like, basics, like, it's years of consistency, yeah, it's... You know, it's, we it's, can get it too
1: too easy and it's too easy to mix it up
0: it's, yeah it's, it's, oh for sure sad. it's just actually developing your freaking relationship with the sport and having fun with it and seeing how it fits into your life on a daily basis which can be a million different things yeah you
1: know? I mean if you don't love to run you're yeah. never going to succeed at running at a high level because you have to do it every day no. <laughs> I mean I think yeah. I just went even and I don't I'm not recommending anybody do this never listen to my training or never do I yeah <laughs> Um, unless you're one of my athletes that pay me then then it's it's good (laughs) but I I just went I think 38 days without a rest day like 38 straight days without taking a day off and I I actually felt worse after I took the rest day I felt sluggish I felt sore I was like man that was the best like training block of my life like I averaged probably 77 78 miles for I don't know yeah the last six weeks without taking a day off and I'm like you know like this is a big part of my life. Like I'm spending hours doing this every day. So if you don't like it, that's got to be fucking miserable, right? You know, I, I love it.
0: it. Like yeah. I would go run right now. Like that's no, what I'll do. Sure. Like, you know? <laughs> so after this hundred, like, like it's been fun just to like uh, I took like one day off after. I've been running ever since, and it's been. I don't know if like it kind of shocked me into or like just like, running with friends and things like that. But just right now. Like my body feels better moving, like running, like hundred yeah. percent. Like a couple days ago, like I got out, like like got up and got moving, and it was like dude, I feel so good, you know. And it's just like, it's just it's it's like I don't know. It's it's I can't even describe it. It's just like my natural state, what it wants to be doing, like. Slight forward lean bouncing along is, like, where I'm happy. That's your happy
1: place. <laughs> and, I, and I think that's the point of, like, finding your strong or anybody. Like, you have to find – I think life is so short, it's finite. And um, whatever happens in the afterlife is, depends on what you believe. But the one thing that you can control is, is chasing the things that make you the happiest in doing them. And that's when I'm the happiest. And I'm happiest when I'm running. Right. And I'm training hard. And maybe I'm swinging around the kettlebells one day a week. And and you know and I've gone back and forth between eating like um, an all plant based diet and then for like maybe a week I'll say maybe I'll try to add in these these pasture raised eggs. Don't like that. Not happy with it. Get heartburn. And then I feel really (laughs) unfulfilled because animals had to die and be tortured for that. So and I'm not gonna get preachy about it, but so I know I'm the happiest when I when I'm being kind to other animals and other people and running and training really hard. And I don't have time for any other, like, bullshit when I'm doing that either. So, like, nothing bothers me. Like, it's a yeah. it's a it's it's like a snowball effect. Right. And so I want – I hope everybody – and it won't be running for everybody, but I hope every single person finds out what they're passionate about in life and they just do that and do it as much as they can, whether it's your profession or just what you do. I everywhere. mean, that's,
0: yeah, that's like the secret to life, right? It's right. like do what you love and you never work a day in your life kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I don't agree do. with that because when you, <laughs> when you love something – sometimes it hurts
1: and like you know like you know do what you love like my life is surrounded by running as is yours like even in a professional sense yeah with, with what you do as a career or what i do as a career and i love running but sometimes yeah. sometimes it hurts <laughs> like like sometimes stress still happens and it yeah. takes a lot of work it's like a relationship yeah like just because it's a great relationship doesn't mean it doesn't take work yeah. you know so but no it is it is true it's a lot it's a lot more fun to work
0: through those problems when you love what the end yeah. result is. Well, it's amazing just to watch like, like, like the whole, like, it's so like, there's just the self actualization kind of aspect and like it, where it just kind of seems like the universe conspires to like make good shit happen when you're doing what you feel like makes you the happiest kind of thing. You know? yeah. It's freaky, you know, and it's all just coincidental, whatever, but it's like, it's so cool. Like I never thought I'd be moving out west. Like especially like right now, this quick. But you know? I thought you. But that's the thing. That's the thing. Like you didn't think that for yourself, but I I thought. Yeah. Well, I knew. I, I thought had, for you. I knew you. it would happen eventually, but
1: like like now, like yeah. holy shit, like a year into this, and it's like yeah, but it's going like going a self-fulfilling dream. prophecy. Yeah. Like yeah. if you keep believing you're going to do it, like it doesn't just appear. And yeah. what happens is you put in motion, whether it's conscious or subconscious or both, you yeah. put in motion steps that happen and. You yeah. performed well in what you did. The thing yeah. came up and they thought you'd be a great fit and you were yeah. there. And that's a self fulfilling prophecy because yeah. you believe that you'd be there.
0: Put yourself in the position, give yourself the opportunity. Like, backing off is only going to, like, it doesn't matter how many miles you have left. Like, like I said, like that That was like my mantra. It's like, yeah. just, just keep yourself in the position. Like, yeah. give yourself the chance. If you feel shitty at mile 80, then so be it. But right now, you're going to get to mile 80 at this time and, like, keep moving. And it's just yeah. like, by the time I had, like, nine miles left I was like I felt great and it was like smelling the barn and just like the whole last marathon of that hundred was just getting faster and faster and faster and faster the closer I got and it was like that doesn't happen a lot <laughs> no and I don't know like was it a fluke or like was it something I'm sure I'll, I'm sure like my next big race I'll probably get my ass handed to me but it'll just be no, I a, think a that, big learning experience I think but, that's
1: the that right there is like toxic what you just like like yeah. you're on this great run and you have all these things these great things going, and it's yeah. such a human nature to be like, my next one will probably be shitty, though. Yeah, don't but,
0: make it shitty. But whatever it is, like it's still, I can always take a positive out of it, you know. It's and always good it's, if you're doing what you love. Yeah, so no, it is like,
1: but and that's why the result isn't as important as, or the outcome isn't as important as the, the journey itself in doing what you love. Yeah, so that's why. I shouldn't have got caught up on that stuff before. And that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, let's, we're there now. Full let's, let's, let's 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 circle. Just let's let's join hands and say <laughs>
0: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah.
1: ready to wrap this thing up, Pat, or what? Yeah. Yeah. You get, so, a parting, do you have any words of advice for, let's say, the, the new or beginner level runner? Let's, like, in one paragraph, what would you tell them to do? Oh, shoot. A- man. APA format.
0: APA, like, space. <laughs> like, oh, man. Um, go easy and have fun. If it feels like work, you're working too hard. Like always, be mindful of your form and mechanics, and listening to your body and, and, and seeing where there's tension. And like being as, as, as a student of kind of running, it's like because people have to understand that running is like it's like swimming or skateboarding or something. It's not just like oh, if, like go run and be a better runner. It's like it's a, it's a skill to be developed and, and to be mindful of. And like, there's a little checklist to go through just to see like, even on my run, it's like I, every single run, I'm always like, just at least somehow mindful of my form and checking into what's going on. And like, like, I think that's, like, that's when I actually started to run really well is when I knew how to run properly. And it sounds so stupid to say, but, but it's amazing. Like, you can run happier and healthier and then so much more efficiently uh, just with like a couple little tweaks and understanding of proper alignment and joint mechanics and and form stuff. So So be mindful of your running form. Be mindful of running form. Like that's the, boom, done. That's (laughs) That's that's a hell of a paragraph. That's that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Be mindful of your form and like, listen to yourself. like, even if like, if you're just starting and, and, If you running faster than your walking pace makes your heart rate go through your roof, then run slower than your walking pace. Like, that's where you're going to see, like, your body adapts quickly to whatever you're doing, you know, like, um, just be patient with the process and have fun. All
1: right. Pat, what's your advice before you sign off here? My advice? Yeah. About anything. About about anything? Yeah. Mine, mine is control the things that you can control. Control the controllables. I say, this, is, this would be my advice. I'm not really in a position to, to give too much advice, but I think that you should pursue the things that you're passionate about relentlessly. Every day. Yeah. You know, the only thing that's constant is change. Yes, it's true. Patriot. Oh, man. Waxing poetically. Yeah, that's the end. We're signing off. All right, stay strong, everyone. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Finding Strong Podcast. As always, you can find me on Instagram at padxgates.com. And you can find me at Running, at run underscore strong underscore coaching, and on my website, www.markbottenhorn.com. So going forward, we're going to try to drop new content every Friday. And if you like it, please subscribe, share it, talk about it, anything. But above all else, please rate it on iTunes. We are live on iTunes now, and your rating means the world to us. Until next time, stay strong.